How's my financial health, Doc? Welcome to the Financial Literacy Podcast for healthcare professionals, where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo. Welcome to the Mea Culpa series of this podcast. In this particular podcast series, I'm going to be interviewing uh, friends, families, colleagues to uh, share with you, the audience, the different mistakes that have been done uh, in their personal lives. And when I mean mistakes, I'm talking about financial mistakes, of course. The goals of these um, Mea Culpa series is really to give the audience uh, a sense of what real life uh, financial mistakes people have been doing. So I'm hoping that you enjoyed this series of podcasts uh, and learn from um, other people's mistakes like uh, we would do in uh, mortality and morbidity rounds uh, in medicine. So I guess this is uh, something similar. You know the saying, Dumb people never learn from their mistakes. Smart people learn from their own mistakes. But wise people learn from others' mistakes. John, welcome to the show. And um, I'm very happy to have you here with us today. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, John. Well, uh, thanks for having me, by the way. It's a pleasure speaking to you. I'm an emergency physician in Ontario. And I've been practicing for several years now. I have a young family, and uh, that's pretty much all I do. Between the two things, uh, life's pretty busy. Very good. I think like all Emerge Docs, very busy. We, we do a lot of shifts, and I think that's one, one is a nice thing about the Emerge shifts, but two, it can get grueling as well. Uh, do you agree? I very much so agree, especially in these days. Definitely COVID has come in through, through a wrench into a little bit into our regular routine. Yes. Uh, but uh, it's not something that we're not used to, I guess. We adapt. That's true. We're good at adapting. <laughs> Sometimes too good. <laughs> I agree. Sometimes too good. But that's, that's how we do it. John, yeah. you've agreed to come and share with us one of your financial experience. Give me a little bit uh, and the audience a background of uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Basically, we're going to talk about an experience uh, I've gone through investing in a startup, as someone would say, an angel investor. Basically, through my experience, I would uh, be happy to shed some light as to what my advice would be if uh, someone would be considering this form of investment. Give us a little bit of story and background behind this. How many years was this and uh, how did it all start? Again, don't please don't name names, uh, don't need to be specific, but just a little bit of the context and how all this came into your life. So uh, I was approached uh, by a friend and uh, the friend's uh, been running a successful company. They stated to me that they were going to branch off and start a new startup. The first one went relatively well and was wondering if I wanted to be part of the early investors in this startup and that it would be a very risky endeavor, but the rewards, uh, if everything goes well, which uh, were portrayed to uh, be reasonably probable, would be a very worthwhile investment uh, on return. 
was it in a industry that you knew well that you were familiar with or was it in a industry that uh, you weren't familiar with at all no it was within medicine it was in the okay. realm of medicine um, and it was a startup related to medicine and it sounded intuitively that would make sense to me it looked good on paper and i read the perspectives there was a lot of well known uh, board members and some very accomplished people in society who were sitting on the board as executives uh, for this startup and so it lent itself to being a sort of a reliable product when you read the prospectus and and all the things that uh, that went with the details of the project you you were you were somewhat confident that this had somewhat of success possibility yeah i mean granted i accepted the risk to me based on the knowing the person and kind of knowing the field in which i work in and uh what this endeavor to do it didn't seem that risky to me but you know it's hard to evaluate these kind of things right because uh they're exactly that they're a startup right So if we um, look back, so let's say you know what you know now, uh, and going back to what you were looking at, where would you say, in terms when you looked at the risk profile and understanding that this is a, a startup, but understanding that there may be great returns, what would you say now that you look back and you say, yeah, maybe I didn't really fully appreciate X, Y, Z? Would there be something that you would look now back and say, yeah, I, I should have looked more carefully at this? Was there something like that? When I look back, uh, no, not really. I, I thought I did my due diligence at the time. I just underestimated uh, my knowledge about startups in general. Also underestimated my risk tolerance or overestimated my risk tolerance. I should have been more true to myself. But with respect to the data and the research I did, I don't think I could have done any better on that. I, I, I think, no, no, I knew going, I knew the people in it, so that made me feel better. Had it been people that I didn't know, I don't think I would have invested in it. But number two, the product itself, it seemed to legitimate to me, and I'm still kind of shocked that it didn't take well. Within the realm of medicine, it didn't seem too far-fetched to uh, do well. And so to that end, I was a bit surprised, I'll be honest. Okay. You mentioned COVID. So was this something fairly recent? I thought this was something back a few years ago. No, it was, sorry, my apologies. Um, it, it was a while back, but there was a hope to re rejuvenate it, but it, it just all died down because of COVID. So that okay. was maybe, maybe, maybe that was just uh, so another uh, attempt that the founders had to try to re resuscitate the project, but uh, it didn't, gain footing it was already sort of dead in the water before but i think they were trying to use a different angle but um, the circumstances didn't lend them to have a rebirth or a re relaunch now you uh, mentioned something that i'm really interested in you talked about you know not really assessing risk or at least your risk tolerance uh, and really didn't understand or maybe you didn't truly look into that and that you were not true to yourself explain to me what you meant by that so what I meant by that is usually like I'm very um, well aware of my risk tolerance and I am very conservative generally in my investment portfolios. I'm not looking for a home run. I, I usually just want steady, stable annual results uh, and I'm okay trying some things that are maybe more riskier, but very rarely and only a small amount, nothing 
so as significant, at least to me, of the amount that I invested. I think that I underestimated my desire to sort of hit a home run with some measure of safety in my own mind, not realizing that in startups, 99% of them or 95 to 98% of them don't make it. And so those are odds that I usually would not accept, especially for a large amount of money, at least to me. You kind of went against your own philosophy somewhat. Looking back, what do you think were the factors that push you towards that? You know what? I'm going to take this risk. What, what do you think they were? I think obviously the fact that I knew the person and I obviously still have a good relationship with the person is nothing personal. It's just, uh, it is what it is, right? I think I overplayed my comfortability with the industry. And within, I mean, within medicine, that sense, not realizing that, you know, medicine can be very risky as well. So you, you mentioned, you know, this could have been a home run. Do you think the allure and the, the vision of that home runs kind of push you towards there as well? Of course. A so, large factor. Yeah, it was a large factor. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's not something that you typically would go after anyways. No. Um, because of a few factors, this was your friend. This was something that you felt comfortable, at least on paper, you felt it was comfortable. It was in an area that you felt you understood because it was medicine. And so all that were factors that led you to say, yeah, this is something I feel comfortable with, even yeah. though it's not necessarily how I would invest. Exactly. You put it well. From from what I gather, obviously, the, the business did not succeed. No, and uh, and you lost your investment. It was a quite sizable investment, and we don't have to go into how big that is, but it was quite a sizable investment. I mean, other than the money, obviously, what do you think you regret from that experience? I think I regret uh, my naivety, I think, kind of disappointed myself for uh, always being quite cautious in these matters. You know, I'm not a person who likes losing a considerable amount of money in investments. And as a physician, I feel we work very hard to earn our money. And number two, that, you know, in general, financial advisors and otherwise in the industry do take advantage of doctors. And I pride myself in having a reasonable amount of knowledge and doing my own sort of management of my sort of financial affairs in that sense. Uh, at this time, I, it's probably because it's my first time I ever did something like that and lost so much realizing that um, this sort of investment is not for me. I like to do the tried and true sort of conservative portfolio management, low fees, and uh, having reasonable returns of between 5 and 8%. And uh, I never really yearn for that 20% or 30% return, even in my day-to-day -day trading. Well, not day-to-day -day trading, but my, my general investments, I don't do day trading. It's, it's against my ethos again. So I was kind of disappointed in myself and how perhaps naive I was uh, due to multifactorial reasons, I think, looking back. And it would have been okay to do a small amount, but not the amount that I did, perhaps. Having said all that, obviously, yeah. those are painful learning experiences, but, you know, it just it just makes you a stronger person going forward. Talking about learning points, if you had to share with the audience today, you know, what are the different things, one, two, three things that you would take out out of, let's say, an assessment of a business opportunity? Because you mentioned it earlier, you know, as physicians, we get a lot of people coming to us to invest in ABC or to do project XYZ. If you wanted to share some learning points, key points to, with the audience, 
what would be top key points you would share with them? For me, the, the biggest learning points I would say is always stay true to your um, investment philosophy and style. And you can reevaluate that in different stages of your life. You know, you're not going to be thinking about your portfolio the same way you would at the age of 65 when you were 35. Obviously, your horizons and your goals and sort of life stage would uh, lend you to have varying degrees of risk aversion. And so always stay true to that principle based on your life stage, just because necessarily you are somewhat risk taking in the beginning of your investment career doesn't mean you'll carry that throughout. So that's the first thing I would say and always reevaluate that and uh, make sure that you don't do something that you feel is uncharacteristic of your sort of philosophy and style of investing. Uh, the second thing I would say would be to always uh, sort of, you know, take a step back when I know this is a tried and tested <laughs> advice, but I felt sort of in a way ignorant to it. But whenever you have family and friends approach you for investment, you know, I've always sort of stayed away from that. And because everybody's been advised to <laughs> do that, right? But even if it's a colleague, or a person you have a professional relationship with, the same sort of advice would apply, I would say. Uh, you just want to be careful and not necessarily assume that same sort of trust level because, you know, you have to approach that situation as if you don't even know that person. So how would you react if you hadn't known that person at all and they approached you with that? Uh, I think you would have a lot more skepticism to whatever idea was pitched to you, right? So never kind of let your guard down in that respect. So I guess what you're saying is, you know, because uh, either family or either acquaintances or colleagues, you lose some of that objectivity, I guess. Yeah. And and I think you mentioned something that is really important that, you know, if you decide to go into a, a venture like that, and whether it's a good or bad experience at the outcome, uh, that is very important to preserve that relationship. Yeah. Obviously, money is an important thing to exist in this world, but, you know, I don't, and I never thought about money being a reason to have a disagreement with anybody or uh, it's just uh, not worth it. You know, friendships and relationships are worth more than any amount of money. So that's why I think sometimes you just accept the loss and don't let it affect your, um, you know, your relationship. That's the best advice. Again, for me, those things are sort of priceless. Mm -hmm. Having said that, when you look back, if you, if that's what your feelings are, then you shouldn't even have the aspect of ruining that through a bad investment. So maybe better to not do that at all. Even if you can take the high road and, and be able to absorb that and not affect your relationship, I still don't think it's worth it in that sense that if you're going to uh, have that philosophy, then don't risk it by investing with the person you know. Because you could potentially, things could turn, uh, could have turned sour or in your situation, they they may turn sour and then you're, then you're kind of living in regret. Was it worth it, right? So I think maybe in that respect, uh, you know, it's easier said than done. Sometimes people, especially family, get upset if you don't invest with them or in their idea, they may take it worse than you would if you had invested and lost it, right? So it's a touchy situation. In an ideal world, you would hope that someone you would know will not approach you even. But I think they have good intentions. People say like, well, I know you and you're a friend or a family member and I think this is going to be a crazy thing and I want you to get in on it. And so maybe they feel that if he didn't ask you, that you would miss out. Yeah. I guess uh, it's it's very similar to don't treat your own family members. (laughs) 
Exactly. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You mentioned, uh, so I, I was asking for three t uh, learning points. Uh, do you yeah. have a third one to share? Yeah, I think I think the third one would be uh, looking back at, like I mentioned to you, like if you have a certain investment style, then looking back at the amount, uh, looking back at the amount that uh, was lost, you know, that money by now could have made a decent return for me if I had just done a conservative uh, sort of investment strategy that I usually employ. I, I would definitely not have lost my principal, right. and I would have made I would have made a handsome sum off that and that would have been fine with me right you know it wasn't money that i necessarily could have lost so to say like i know sometimes people invest in really high risk things with money they're they're like okay i'll lose it i'll lose it it won't matter to me but this one uh this one would have made a good difference uh, for my long-term investment plan so i guess you're coming to um the concept of uh, opportunity cost uh had you not invested yes. in this one you could have invested or used it for something else. And so, you know, this is looking back with the retrospectoscope. Obviously, it's always easy to do that. Uh, but when you made your analysis at the beginning, you know, when you were thinking about whether to invest in this or not and, and analyzing the different aspects, did you uh, at that time take into account opportunity costs or this only came after? It came up afterwards. I didn't, I didn't put it into my mind beforehand. Okay, so I, I guess that's something important, right? Of course. Um, that if we're going to invest into something or, you know what, I plan to do X, Y, Z with this resource. Uh, if I'm not putting into this, what else can I do with it? And what are the potential outcomes of the other decisions that I make? And, uh, and I, you know what, like you, um, I've made the exact same mistake. I, I mean, the, the mistake of not taking into account opportunity cost. Um, We've, we've all done it, you know, to be honest. I'm not sure that as physicians, we think in a very business-like manner. Business people really think about opportunity costs every single time. We don't necessarily think that way, right? We think risk-benefit ratio, but we don't necessarily think in opportunity costs. And I think that's a very important point you brought up there. You're 100% right. We, we have a different framework of thinking, thing, especially of thinking of things, especially as emerged physicians. Our sort of way of looking at things is really like risk benefit right whereas um like you put it very well in the business world everybody thinks of their opportunity costs right uh one last question that i had for you because we're talking about uh, opportunity costs we're being, you know, propelled into different ventures and different projects uh, because we, in some way, you know, quote unquote, come with the money, right? And um, so when we do that and we assess a project, I know you mentioned that it was a project in medicine, you felt comfortable. Were there any blind spots that you think, looking back, I should have seen? What I'm trying to say is, was there any business sort of things that you know you learn about it now and you didn't see it earlier for example choosing the right executive how the strategy would have played out uh, how people would have gone to get funding you know were those things that you were familiar with and you were comfortable with or you only looked at the overall picture and thought it was great but didn't look or didn't have the the time nor the knowledge to look at the day-to-day -day tactical issues to see where the pitfalls were. Do you think that looking back, that's something that maybe you should understand? 
Yes, 100%. Uh, um, like, if you don't know the nuts and bolts of things, uh, like you said, you can have issues arise. And I think I didn't look at it deep and far enough in retrospect as well to see the funding structure and how they would raise money and how many rounds it would be and that kind of stuff as well. Because in addition to losing the money, there was also additional rounds of funding that happened afterwards. And I didn't have that impression initially. And then the share that I did put in was getting more diluted and diluted as well. And the hope was that this valuation would be high enough that there would be not that much of a difference. But the end of the point was mute. But having said that, though, yeah, I, I was a bit shocked when they went through several rounds of investing and I realized that my initial shares were diluted. That's something that, again, as physicians, we don't think about, but, you know, having now sat in multiple uh, projects, especially at the governance level, when, you know, projects are being proposed to board members and I sit on a board, the thing that comes to me almost at the every single time is, you know, it looks great on paper, but, you know, the devil's always in the detail. And the detail is very important because the, t- the detail actually makes or breaks the project. Uh, and again, I had to learn that the hard way as well. You know, it's not something that we physicians are very familiar with, you know. And so we fall into these type of traps all the time. And trust me, I fell into these type of traps myself many times. Thank you, John. Uh, I think that was a, a very interesting conversation. And I want to thank you for coming on to the show and sharing your experience. It was a very traumatizing experience, but nonetheless, I am very grateful that you came onto the show and shared with my audience. Thank you, John. Oh, no problem. I think that uh, you, what you're doing is very, uh, in a lot of respects, noble and very good to be candid. I think that it's people learn best from their mistakes, but also obviously learning from the mistakes of others. And so I think your podcast and your objective um, is very sound in that respect. And I've been a great fan of your podcast. I've been following it. And uh, kudos to you for starting something like this. And I hope that many uh, physicians and medical professionals uh, will uh, log in and uh, follow this and hopefully learn some tidbits of knowledge through the process. That's my hope. And thank you very much for uh, supporting my project. How is my financial health doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice.